views and opinions expressed on Explorer Secrets of the Truth or that of their guests or contributors are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. All information on Explorer Secrets of the Truth is provided in good faith, however, we make no representation or warranty of any kind, express or implied, regarding the accuracy, adequacy, validity, reliability, availability, or completeness of any information on this talk show or website. From monsters and ghosts to otherworldly beings, join the explorers as they venture into the darkest realm seeking the truth to what goes bump in the night. There we are. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Explorers Seekers of the Truth, episode 53. Tonight, as always, I'm joined by my best friend and co-host, Les Sinkavich. How are you doing this evening, Les? I am doing fantastic. I was afraid that we were going to have another uh, show starting off with technical difficulties because for whatever reason, our links don't want to work right with your camera, but uh, we got it. You got it. And you're here, you're in, we're, we're ready to, to start the show. So I'm doing much better now. Well, yeah, I mean, technical difficulties and all that aside, let's hope it goes well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will. You want me to do the where to find us? Well, you know, we could talk a little bit if you'd like. <laughs> How was your well, day? <laughs> oh, my day was fantastic. Fun-filled, adventurous, you know. But uh, well, I'll do I'll do our usual spiel here. So you could find us on Facebook, uh, which you some of you are watching live now. You could find us on YouTube, which some of you are watching live now. You could comment under both platforms under the show, and it should populate on our end here uh, in real time so we could communicate. So any questions you have throughout the show, please post it. Any input you have, you know, any interaction you want to do, we welcome that. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Explorers Group. You can find us at our website, explorersgroup.com. And uh, yeah, that's that's about where you could find us. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, I can't reply to the comments. So <laughs> less we'll yeah, be I, it, I'll have to try, try yeah. and stick up or, or keep up with it. So yeah. uh, good. That's a good point. Yeah, I just I'd like to clarify that I don't want people to think I'm not like wanting to respond, but I don't have the ability to. Yeah. So, so you know, before we do get into tonight's topic, uh, we want to share a little something interesting that had happened. You know, well, recently was published, but um, kind of plays into our Phoenix Lights episode. Uh, there was a headline: UFO spotted lurking over U.S. Uh, large Marine base. We got aliens, the Department of Defense told Fox News Digital. Um, it was 29 Palms out in California. There was a large object sighted back in 2021. Um, and 21 Palms is a uh, weapons and tactics instruction instructors course area. It's all it's a very large base. Mm -hmm. um, so just some highlights on it. You know, basically there was a possible UFO with flashing lights filmed flying over a U.S. Marine base in 2021. Uh, 
that mystified witnesses. But the, of course, the government now claims, oh, it was a training exercise. But if you did see the posts we put up on Facebook, you do see that it is very similar to the craft that was reported for the Phoenix Lights incident. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, that Jeremy Corbell, he's he's become like the he's an investigative journalist. He's been on Rogan. He's a documentary filmmaker. And um, basically, he was, I think, the only wit wasn't science or military related called in over the UAP stuff for the government mm. testimony in Congress. So basically, uh, he said it was described to him by a witness at Camp Wilson in 29 Palms, California, as a large, silent, hovering, triangular shaped craft. Uh, which is very similar to the silent hovering triangular shaped craft with lights witnessed in Phoenix back in 1997. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, Sarah, Sue, uh, a department of defense spokesman had told Fox news, basically it's a training course and there was training going on at the time and that there was no UAPs tracked in that vicinity at the time. You know, I love how they switch. It's UAP now instead of UFO. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand that either. Because unidentified flying object, unidentified aerial phenomenon, right? And then there's USOs, right? Unidentified submergible objects. Or something like that. I think it's so. Yeah, but then, well, you have. Well, I guess it's the modern military term for it, because mm-hmm. you have like unmanned aerial surveillance, manned aerial surveillance. Um, they they have a lot more using the kind of modern acronyms for it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's why they updated it or maybe it's easier for them to slip UAP before it became a, um, you know, slip UAP. Yeah. You could slip it in and people didn't recognize it or didn't understand what it was. Where if you put out a report that said UFO, people right away jump on it. True. True. Yeah. And one thing we were talking about earlier um, that um, you had pointed out is this was just released, but the incident took place in 2021, but it was just recently released. That's why we're just hearing about it now. Yeah, I think it was basically until the government put out their statement on it and it got circulated to the media. Uh-huh. So. Well, I think that's awesome how we literally just had a show about the Phoenix Lights, and then there is this, I mean, the picture, I, I actually wasn't able to get it to load into Live. Otherwise, I would have had it. But we do have it on our Facebook page. It's um, very, very reminiscent to uh, the Phoenix Lights, the image that was shot at night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this one has a little bit more coloration in the sky, but it's definitely that triangular shape. There's one, two, three, four, five per, uh, pronounced lights that I'm able to see um, from it. But uh, <clears throat> go to our, our Facebook page, Explore Seekers of the Truth. And uh, it's in our posts. You could scroll down and see it. Um, it has the Fox News channel icon in the lower right. 
Um, it's from Fox News, obviously. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was awesome that that actually happened or came about right after we did that show. So we definitely wanted to share that on tonight's show. Mm-hmm. Hey, Moon yeah. Joey, good to see you. Thanks for tuning in. Also, uh, while you're on our Facebook page, you can check out my pictures from the uh, SpaceX launch. Yes, you were down in Florida last mm-hmm. week on vacation, and I was uh, supposed to be working on the show, but I was sidetracked, and we we got her done right right in the nick of time, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, nothing better than uh, going through notes while I'm pushing a forklift around a warehouse. <laughs> Hey man, you're you multitask like a champ. Yeah. Well, you know, with all that being said, let's get into tonight's topic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, since we brought back the show, we've covered the Yeti, Mini Monsters, Mysterious Lights, um, Vampires. So I kind of want to circle back to you know one of my main interests. I know it's one of yours also. Um, mm-hmm. Interest in, in the paranormal. And, oh, yeah. you know, what, kind of thinking about it, it was what better way to, you know, get into a paranormal discussion with, you know, kind of targeting the one of the, you know, fathers of paranormal or, you know, is like they say in uh, the Bigfoot realm, the uh, what is it, the four horsemen, of <laughs> yeah. whatever they are. They're not as cool as Ric Flair. Sasquatchery. Yeah, they're not as cool as Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tolly Blanchard. and. Uh, <laughs> Holy Anderson, but you know, you know, you want to talk about guys. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to get into the, you know, America's first ghost hunter, Hans Holzer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hans Holzer, like, like Chad had said, he was described as the father of the, of the paranormal and America's first ghost hunter. And he was an Austrian American author and parapsychologist. Uh, he wrote more than 140 books spanning from 1963 to as recently as 2012, which those, as Chad's showing up there, Ghosts of Old Europe uh, is one of his books. And Haunted America. Yep. And I know you got another one, don't you? I have another one. I can't Real find. Hauntings. Real Hauntings. True American Ghost Stories. I have one of his books uh ghost hunter hans holter which covers a lot of his uh cases and also i i have the one chad has of the ghost stories of europe and then this freaking monster is a huge hard hardcover ghost 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 true encounters with the world beyond by hans holter now what i found uh ironic before we get into uh the rest of what i have on my notes here we have all these books written by hans holter but none of them are really autobiographical. Mm-hmm. None of them really tell much about Hans Holter. They which talk I, about his investigations. Yeah, which I kind of got to give him credit for, especially in this modern uh, social media. Um, I have a television show, so I'm going to talk about myself on everything I ever, you know, yep. go for, you know, the, the, the typical, oh, you know, they go to Starbucks and they're talking about their TV show or about themselves having a TV show. Uh-huh. Here's a yep. guy who wrote 140 books. And out of all the books I own, I don't think there's one personal detail about him in any of these books. Right, you know? right. And that's, that's what I've, I found 
so frustrating when trying to put uh, notes together for this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through all these books. Now the cases are cool. Don't get me wrong. Like all the stuff that they have documented within the books, but trying to find information on the actual person we're trying to talk about was uh, frustrating because I couldn't find anything about them. And, and what little excerpts that they had in the books were pretty much everything that were loosely written about them online. So, I mean, of course we had to rely on Wikipedia and other, other sources, like a lot we got from the guardian.com and some other uh, online sources that, that kind of given, gave us a little bit more insight into the life of Hans Holzer. Um, But like I was saying before, um, his books that he wrote spanned from 1963 to two to 2012, which was actually three years after his death. So they were some unpublished books that ended up getting published after the fact. And they covered topics from ghosts, afterlife, uh, witchcraft, extraterrestrial beings, and other phenomena associated in the, uh, the realm that he coined the other side. Uh, and he also was in took part with uh, the production of plays, musicals, films, documentaries, hosted and and again I couldn't find very much information about this television show that he hosted was called Ghost Hunter, obviously not to be confused with Ghost Hunters, which is still on air and I believe in its sixteenth season, somewhere around. Pretty sure, yeah. yeah. I mean they've been on for a while. But I couldn't find anything pertaining to his show. I mean, everything every time I looked it up, it would just go to that book. Mm-hmm. I I watched an interview with him mm-hmm. that he did. Uh, it was a you know a Detroit television station around Halloween. He was doing a presentation at some event, and you would think, you know, investigative journalist, you know, have him on TV with a live studio audience. They would want to find out who he was. Yeah. Basically, they rattled off parapsychologist who investigates the, you know, ghost and da, 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 and then had people tell him ghost stories. There was not a. So you really it, learned nothing about yeah. him. I mean, like even mm. his, like they didn't even get into like. They asked him one question about like hauntings, and mm. he was kind of starting to describe you know the different types of hauntings and you know what his thought process was on it. And the guy like cut him off and he's like, oh, well, we have a, you know, give us a story. And he's just like, I'm not really here to like, I'm not trying to sell my book. I'm just kind of here because it's close to Halloween and I'm doing a presentation and I kind of want to, you know, (laughs) it's the thing that all clubs and and venues do. They kind of push the star out to the local radio and television stations to sell tickets. And he was really trying to just like... I think he was more prepped for an interview about him and what his work is. And they just like, Oh, okay. This person in the audience has a ghost story. So now, <laughs> now my question is he wrote, a, he wrote hmm. books until 2012, which was what you said, three years after he passed away. Did he yeah. write them from beyond the grave? Mm, that is a, that is a good question. Me. Something we should look yeah. into. <laughs> so and get back into the more serious part of this. But, you know, Holzer was born in 1920 in Vienna, Austria. And he said his uh, interest in the supernatural was sparked as a young boy by stories told to him by his uncle Henry. 
Now, he did go on to study archaeology, ancient history at the University of Vienna. And, you know, around this time, you got to figure this is the early parts of World War II. Uh, being of you know Jewish descent, his family decided it wasn't safe to stay, you know stay in Austria, so they left the country, emigrated to the U.S. Uh, was in New York City, New York City. Yeah. in 1938, where uh, at Columbia University he had studied Japanese and comparative religion and parapsychology, which he claimed to have obtained a Ph.D. at a school called the London College of Applied Science. Now that has never been validated, and I did try to look up the university, and it pulls up modern names for London universities. Um, mm. But there's a lot of universities that kind of, over the years, they kind of have a new name, fresh coat of paint. So yeah. it may be, or or like the school we went to mm -hmm. just disappeared into oblivion. <laughs> well, no, it did have it got a new name got a new campus and then disappeared into oblivion right right so it went through a, um, a, a several steps before it flopped yeah so now but our degrees are still worth something though to us <laughs> to us but nobody else really <laughs> right, right. Um, oh, yeah. now he did go on to teach parapsychology at the uh, new york institute of technology mm -hmm. now That's... go ahead i i find it interesting like here's a guy who you know as a kid i always wanted to do archaeology yeah and then you know studied like ancient history and stuff like that and then did comparative you know religious studies and you know studied japanese um now that may have been during world war ii so maybe more language based right, know, right maybe looking at working for the government or maybe was working for the government at that point True, true. I wonder if the New York Institute of Technology still has a parapsychology class. You know, Duke had one here, well, in North Carolina. Duke had one for years. I don't even know if they still have it. There was a, legit universities having them. There's very few. Yeah, yeah. Good evening, Cindy. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. So... Like we were talking about before, back in the 1920s, uh, Holzer was in Vienna, Austria. But back in the 1920s was part of the golden age of occultism. So with the end of the First World War, you had about 40 million civilian and military casualties, leaving many families with little to no answer to what happened to their loved ones. So that then spawned to them reaching out to clairvoyance and mediums to speak with the deceased and trying to get in touch with these departed or, or recently departed loved ones who, you know, were taken before their time and whatnot. So they're trying to find answers because they're, you know, hurting or whatever, and they, they want closure. So in the late 1920s and early 30s, there are around a quarter of a million practicing spiritualists and what, like some 2000 spiritualist societies in the UK. And in addition to uh, a flourishing multiculture. So in the United Kingdom, over 340 spiritualist church churches and centers opened their doors to the public. They gave free demonstrations of mediumship and they regularly performed their different uh, practices or specialties and whatnot. Yeah. Um, spiritualism and clairvoyant and mediumship seem to pick up um, like after the American Civil War 
there was a big jump in the practices and the like use of mediums and clairvoyance again because you have tons of casualties people die you know people you know during world war one the civil war all these different wars there are people that just disappear like right. you know not something paranormal or something strange but you know they're just obliterated in a you know split second and families you know they get the missing in action and then you know eventually the government says eh, yeah they're probably dead because we haven't gotten any reports that the other side has them. So now if you look at the 1920s and 1930s city of Vienna, you had mm -hmm. the students of uh, Guido von Liszt, who's an expo, um, basically started the trend of modern paganism as a new religion. Um, his was uh, Wodenism, which he had claimed was a revival of the religion of the ancient German race. And his, you know, his works that were propagated through the uh, List Society influenced the loader, uh, later Volkstrom groups. Um, and the through that, you know, his influence basically into the Nazi party and then the SS belief in their form of paganism and, you know, Nordic Aryan descent. Yeah, which is kind of not surprising, considering the fact that we've talked in previous shows with the with Germany's involvement in you know the occult and extraterrestrial technology, like with the what the bell, what was it called? Die Glocken. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's not surprising that that would be you know re respawned or re reformed in in Germany during that time, but. Not only was that the rise of modern paganisms and different pagan religions, uh, you also have the introduction to Eastern yoga, um, other spiritual practices like Buddhism, Hinduism. Um, you have members of the Tool Society operating in those areas during, during those times. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at like the Tool Society, which was originally the uh, study group of German antiqu antiquities. Mm -hmm. um, it was a, it was a German occultist group uh, founded in Munich shortly after World War One. Uh, it's named after the mythical northern country and Greek legend uh, society. It was you know notably and chiefly the, as an organization was the Abbeitspartite. Yeah, I had to look that up, and I'm you did it better than me. <laughs> which is the it, for people that know history is the DAP, the German German Workers Party, which later was reorganized by Hitler into the National Socialist German Workers Party, or the common shortened form, the Nazi Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, good to see you, Paul. Thanks for tuning in. And Cindy has a question here. Wasn't Hitler also trying to find ancient artifacts he thought had powers? Yes, that's another great point, Cindy. He, they, that whole Nazi regime, like the, the party, they were trying all kinds of things to take over the world and, and, and win that war and whatnot. He was in some crazy shit. Well, um, here's the thing. It's more regime than actually Hitler. Uh-huh. It was more Himmler, the SS, uh, the Abnoir, 
those groups were more into the occult and trying to find the you know these artifacts the different you know things that would prove the aryan um group being real or you know stuff like that hitler was very um just weird i've had within the last couple of months have read pretty much every close person to him book about him mm-hmm. the world war ii kick it started with uh bloodlands which is an awesome book um but he was not he he himself was not as directly involved in all that in fact he basically kind of stunted the growth of the ss and himmler's teutonic knight society and and basically just called it you know men dressing up and playing basically he the modern term would be larping Hmm. so yeah it, it was more of the regime than hitler directly nice well, that, that answer is that. Thank you, Chad. And thank you, Cindy, for that question. Um, but back to Holzer. Because Hitler it, and, and the occult with the Nazi regime, like you were saying, that could be a whole other show. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could dig really deep into rabbit holes with that, which, good topic. I think we should run with that. So, back to Holzer. For a time, Holzer worked in the show business, uh, writing comedy sketches and produced a musical, Hotel Ex- Excelsior, Uh, Before resuming studies in comparative religion and parapsychology, as we mentioned before, he became convinced of an afterlife. Having visited mediums and spent time in allegedly haunted houses, Halser became fond of using psychic mediums in his research. Though most of his research was done scientifically, he used mediums in his research as, I guess, maybe like a counterpoint, I assume, and... uh, Many can, you know, argue the validity of mediums and psychics in their abilities and its correlation to scientific research. I mean, myself included, I'm very skeptical of a lot of quote unquote mediums or psychics and stuff like that. I think uh, a lot of them are just good bullshitters. They're, they're con artists and they, they know trigger words and, and, and easy ways to kind of manipulate a topic or, or a, a, a conversation to get to where you think that they are telling the truth. Some, I think, actually do have legitimate something going on. But I would say the, the bulk of them, to use it scientifically, that's, that's walking a fine line. But he worked with uh, well-known trance mediums such as Ethel Johnson Myers, Sybil Leake, and Marissa Anderson. Holzer came to the conclusion that ghosts occur wherever a great tragedy has left an unfortunate person hung up between the spirit world and this world, basically unable to proceed due to the inability to free themselves from whatever emotional emotional turmoil they were experiencing at the time of their death. So Holzer has been credited with creating the term the other side, but that was already used, however, in the 19th century spiritualism. So, but in the full context, it would be the other side of life. But uh, he's sometimes credited with uh, having coined the term ghost hunter. But uh, that was also the title of his book, which I have here. Ghost Hunter. Um, And that was published in 1963. 
And uh, in an earlier book by Harry Price, published in 1936, was titled Confessions of a Ghost Hunter. So I don't know how he could be the one who coined the term when it was done like 30 years prior. But whatever, they say he coined it. And in 1970, Holzer published a study of uh, spirit photography called Psychic Photography, Threshold of a New Science. Uh, the book included uh, photographs taken by the spirit photographer John Myers. Yeah. Now, as a side note with uh, John Myers and kind of pulled this off Wikipedia, he had worked as a dentist in London and took up spirit photography in 1930. And he claimed to communicate with a Native American Indian spirit guide called Blackfoot. I don't know if he was talking to the whole group or just a specific one. Right. Um, now, he was exposed as a fraud in 1932 uh, by the Marquis of Donegal during a seance with an art editor for the Sunday Dispatch journalist Hannah Swaffen and magician William Goldston. Um, marked plates were secretly inserted into Myers' camera. Myers, during the seance, developed the photographs. Two of the plates contained extras that were not marked. Myers was accused of substituting plates and the psych psychical researcher physical. Huh? Huh? Physical. Oh, you can see my notes better Is than it? I can. Uh, yeah. Um researcher I might enlarge. That's why. <laughs> uh, I can't read it either. <laughs> gotta get my glasses. Yeah, I know, I know. We're uh, hitting that age. Yeah, it's getting worse. Uh-huh. Um, Edmonds wrote that Myers was detected in the fraud by Lord Donegal, whose report published in the Sunday Dispatch brought the career of the medium photographer to an abrupt conclusion. Now, according to Harry Price in 1935, Myers was accused of fraud by J.B. McKinnell, the president of the Spiritualist National Union. That's a great group. <laughs> now, the spiritualist Maurice Barbanel, editor of Psychic News, defended Myers in a book and considered his phenomenon to be genu uh, genuine. Yeah. I've seen some of the stuff, and it's sketchy at best. <laughs> well, is 100 when and again I, I apologize i wasn't able to get any kind of decent imagery to put in here and for whatever reason when i tried to upload it into the BeLive uh image bank it, i just kept getting errors for some reason so i couldn't get it in time for the show mm. but if you look up that guy's uh name online you can see a lot of his um john myers you can see a lot of his um images it's double exposure mm -hmm. is, is all it is so it, you know what i mean it was pre-exposed and then just re-exposed and now you have your double exposure and it was very common back then and a lot of people easily fell for the the con you know yeah and i mean the equipment back then the fact that he was a dentist by trade right not necessarily a photographer you know so it's kind of like one of those things where even some of it could be accidental you know where he didn't know any better because you see i mean go on facebook 
and you can find a hundred photos of ghosts and and stuff and it's like uh it's i just saw one on one of the gettysburg paranormal groups which is just infuriating <laughs> it's lens flare they're taking right. a photo and you can see the green dot from the flare in the photo mm -hmm. and then the next picture they take it's not there oh it's got to be a ghost no it's lens flare because you right. can actually see and, a little bit of it. right and the reason why it's green is because it goes through the anti-glare coating mm. that's on most lenses yeah which creates that green it's just like on your eyeglasses like my glasses here if i look at them in a certain light because of the anti-glare coating it has a green hue to it mm. same with a, a camera lens it's a nano coating or or whatever you want to call it like for nikons um which is why the the expensive lenses have the end stamped on the side of them for the the uh the coating but uh you're right and then they try and pass it off as something else and but but anyways uh holzer believed in life after death and the existence of ghosts or spirits uh and stay behinds uh which according to him ghosts left an imprint in the environment which could then be picked up by sensitive people now if you take the number of people who claim to have seen a ghost there must be a lot of sensitive people out there you know because a lot of people oh i'm not as sensitive but if you saw it and they're claiming that you know what i mean so there's got to be more sensitive people than than are given credit so uh but anyways um Spirits are intelligent beings who could interact with the living while stay behinds were those who found themselves earthbound after death. Or I, I guess if you think about it, the stay behinds could be um, like a reoccurring haunting. Like a residual? Residual, yeah, yeah, where it would just constantly play over because it's bound to that or imprinted into that yeah. environment. Yeah, it's weird because some of his terminology, again, not being able to find like a glossary for what and how he used these terms. You would think I've, that would have been in one of his books. Yeah, because like I've heard him like stay behinds kind of mention like a residual, but then also almost like a purgatory type or a um, refusing to go to the light type thing or waiting for the light yeah you know, they were they had unfinished business or emotional you know trauma that they had to work through so they kind of stayed in an area throughout you know history and but at other times yeah it did sound kind of like he was referring to like a residual haunting like right right being the person walking across the hallway right right because if you think about it wouldn't all be a stay behind at that point like if it wasn't a residual haunting mm. what else you know what i mean if you're seeing a ghost or you're ex experiencing like something was obviously left behind but yeah yeah some part is a stay behind whether again like i said without a glossary of how he used these terms it's kind of right and it could just be you know the this is back in the 60s and you know his new terminology and just like ufo Stay mm -hmm. behind then morphed into residual haunting UFO morphed into UAPs, you know, but, uh, but back to the topic here. Um, he believed in reincarnation and the existence of different levels of consciousness. 
Uh, Holter and his wife, Countess, Countess Catherine Genevieve Bolhovinden, <laughs> a sixth generation descent of Russian Empress Catherine the Great. They had two daughters and the marriage was eventually dissolved. But before we move on, we got a couple comments coming through and I appreciate that everybody. Cindy says, I think most, mostly, oh, I, and, and I'm, she's referencing uh, psychic mediums. I think mostly a way to make money off people who are desperate to hear from a loved one who has passed, uh, passed on, not to say none of it may be true. I, I completely like the, the Long Island medium. Uh, there's another one on Netflix. I can't remember the, the kid's name. He's a young guy, um, kind of feminine guy. Um, talks. To, no, not Chip. No, young guy, I said. Um, I know. <laughs> I had to throw that jab out there occasionally. Well, even him, you know what I mean? It's kind of, I, I, and I hate to say it because I think some of them truly do have good intentions, but I think a lot of them, as Cindy said, are, are more parasitic and, and feeding off of the emotions of mm -hmm. people who are longing for that one that they lost, you know? Well, here's the thing. Um, you know, in, in my family, there's, you know, some people that have certain abilities or, you know, since have passed away, they didn't do it for money. Right. You know, so if, if you're doing it for money, to me, again, it goes back to what Cindy said, it's, you're just doing it to profit. And, right. Right. you know, like that John Edwards that had that TV show crossing over or whatever, they used to mm -hmm. hand people a questionnaire before the show and ask like right, right. questions. Well, here's the thing. Uh -huh. Let me I'll, I'll let me play, you know, medium here. Uh, somebody lost a loved one. It's a man. Well, everybody's lost somebody in their life who's male by the time you hit a certain age, you know, and these people are playing mm -hmm. to certain like after a war you just get some general information like hey they were in france during this time frame so right. i'm seeing a uh, forest with uh, trenches and, and i'm hearing loud cracking sounds and screaming well i just described basically trench warfare Right. In any war. So right. now all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, you know, Johnny was Johnny was in France and you know the, the Ardennes Forest. And you know, it's so easy to kind of throw some of these things out there. And you're going to, if you're in a room of 50 people, if I say I'm I'm sensing a male, I'm probably cutting the 50 down to 25. Right. And then you keep drilling down. It was like the, the name starts with an A or a B or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, you could start thinking, is it, is it, and then somebody will yell out a name or a lot of them, which uh, I can't remember the name of the show, but they, they were exposing people like that where the psychic had an earpiece. And because people were filling out those general questionnaires, yeah. when you would get to a certain point, they'd be like row five, seat 17, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They're like you over there. Do you, and then they'd be like, Arthur, Arthur, yeah. Arthur. Was yeah. his nickname Artie, you know what I mean? Or something like that, you know? There, there was a movie, and I can't remember the name of it. It was on, like, Tubi at one point, but it had uh, Martin Friedman played um, Holmes in the Sherlock TV show with um, Cumberbatch. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And part of the show was there was he was debunking you know psychic mediums like the John Edwards types that do the room readings. And yeah, the guy had the earpiece in that was hidden, and they were feeding him, you know, like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. it's the the lady with the the pink shirt on, and he'd kind of start yeah, focusing yeah. himself towards that side of the room, and then be like, well, yeah, they I, do that. Oh, I'm feeling, yeah. well, they're listening, but they're they're reading the the yeah the psychic energy, you know, but they're listening to their counterpart. Yeah, so yeah, I, it, bullshit. Yeah, and I mean. I, I've like when I was a kid, one of my mom's friends could do the table levitation. Oh, really? Yeah, and he taught me how like to do legit it. Or okay, all right. It, it's all it's all bullshit. <laughs> it's all bullshit. It, it's also like but, when you watch you know like karate people break boards. Mm-hmm. I taught a girl in college who was a gymnast. Uh, her parents were gymnastic coaches from Romania. I taught her how to break cinder block caps in five minutes. Mm-hmm. No training whatsoever. Had her do it as part of one of my speech classes. And she went out and did it. No problem. She was like a <laughs> hundred pounds. She broke a cinder block cap in front of everybody after five minutes. So it, it's all, it, it's all hokum. It's not, yeah, yeah. you know, but yeah, these, these mediums and stuff like that. I mean, Again, I don't discount all of them because I've talked to people who I've never met before. Right. Had a conversation where they started giving me details that, you know, other people even wouldn't know that there was interest in these subject matters. Mm -hmm. And they were giving me details about this in just random conversation and then be like, oh, you know, I could tell you, you know, had some kind of interest in this. And it's like, oh, I'm sitting on a bench, you know, right. in the middle of a town with nothing on that says like, hey, World War II student or, you know, Civil War enthusiast, nothing. Just like random places, you know, that people have given, and but for free, not yeah, 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 yeah. give me 20 bucks and I'll tell you something. Right, right, right. Yeah, and they, you know, the old joke of, well, if they were so good, they'd win the lotto every night. Right, right, yeah. Like that, what was her name? Uh, Miss Cleo or something like that? Miss Cleo! Yeah, she ended up going bankruptcy and losing her business. Yeah. She didn't see that coming, did she? (laughs) Or maybe she Well, actually, going back, yeah, or maybe, maybe. She's like, I'm tired of all this now. I want to be done with it. Bankruptcy. She probably wasn't even Jamaican. (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. It's all, it's all staged. But uh, going back to some of the comments here, uh, going back to when we were talking about double exposures and and spectral photographs, uh, Moon Joey says like the new uh, AI applications and stuff can now create some really good fake ghost images, ghosts. And I've been seeing a lot of um, old or, or what look to be old pictures from like India with these giant people and stuff like that. I've seen a lot with uh, old supposed old, old photos of, of native Americans with these giant Bigfoot and stuff like that. I mean, they look pretty damn realistic, but you know, they're not, you know? Yeah. Well, I listened to Kurt Cobain sing um, like a stone by, um, 
audio slave. Mm-hmm. It's it's completely AI generated, but it's Kurt Cobain singing a song that came out 10, 15 years after he died. Well, look at when they do the holograms with Tupac and stuff during live shows and he's singing along and moving and interacting with the other, you know, guests on stage. You know what I mean? It's like technology is just ridiculous now. But uh, another good point that uh, or topic question that that comment (laughs) Moon Joey had made is he said a few years ago, he went to a seance at Bloody at Bloody Mary in New Orleans and he completely made up his cover story and the medium rolled with it hook line and sinker so there mm. there in in lies another way like you could make something up completely and they they're just following triggers that they think they're throwing at you well he obviously did the bait and switch but yeah hey rick good to see you buddy and hello alicia see you tuned in there but yeah. anyways yeah. back to you to the next se- segment yeah, now according to a write-up of Holzer's obituary on the Garden Guardian.com, Holzer always disliked the word belief, which he regarded as a uncritical acceptance of something that cannot be proven. And the word disbelief, which he felt was very dismissive. Huh, imagine mm-hmm. that you had the disc before that and it becomes dismissive. That's <laughs> right. Um, he viewed organi- organized religions as corporations that took, you know, people's hard-earned money and attempted to frighten them. After proving to his own satisfaction that Jesus Christ was born in October in the year 7 BC, he never celebrated Christmas or attended church again. Which is always the argument of how christianity basically borrowed you know pagan holidays repurposed them so they could sell christianity you know and now he was uh famously involved in the aftermath of the uh, murders of the defeo family in the large colonial house in new york the new york borough of amityville Mm. uh the mass murderer was 23 year old ronald defeo who methodically shot dead his parents two brothers two sisters and for which he received a life imprisonment sentence. Um, the subsequent residents of the house, this is the famous Amityville house, um, were George and Kathleen Lutz, who claimed it was haunted. And with the writer Jay Anson, produced a book, The Amityville Horror, that was followed by the successful film of the same name. Holzer's investigation of the site uh, he also wrote the book called the wrote um, was it the murder in Amityville, which was a fictionalized mm-hmm. treatment of the affair that became the basis for the movie's 1982 sequel. Now Holter's findings via a medium uh, that the house stood on the site of a Chinook Indian burial ground, which was shown to be erroneous. There's no historical record of any burial ground um, in that area. And in fact, the Montauk Indians had originally inhabited Amityville, but Holter was unmoved and wrote other fictional and nonfiction books on the case. So now he was a believer in reincarnation and Holter claimed he could recall being present at the massacre at Glencoe, Scotland and dedicated one of his books to the victims of Colden, Glencoe, and Floden. He was also a lifelong vegetarian, which is always weird because all these people that 
have some kind of weirdness to them are always vegetarian. Not that is true. It is. Hitler was uh, was allegedly a vegetarian, also. <laughs> um, and he was well, they a friend. The of... iron, I guess, right? <laughs> to, to make that from the protein. Yeah. Now he was a friend of the King of Witches, Alex Saunders, and other practitioners of the Wiccan rituals. Uh, he sought the ghost of Lily Lantry at a house in St. John's Woods, North London, met a ghost in the Grenier pub near London's Hyde Park, and talked with the novelist M. Lawrence about a ghostly encounter in Chelsea and explored haunted Edinburgh. So a mm-hmm. couple things in there. He's one of the reasons why the whole Native American tie-in to the Amityville house murders and all has been you know basically in every amityville movie now is always the the native americans and the um i can't remember the guy's name they use in the movie it's actually just watching an amityville movie before the show it was that doctor or whatever that was because it was in the basement or whatever that room in the basement the room. Do, yeah, yeah 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 of course you know he, he's kind of the reason and yet Here's the thing. He names an Indian tribe. There's no record of them being there. In fact, there's no record of a burial ground being there, but yet he held fast to this conviction. You know, here we are. How many, you know, 40 years later and his conviction still wasn't proven true. <laughs> so um, now one of the things Les and I have actually talked about doing is past life regression. We, um, I have a friend who does it, you know, you know, he said some people go in and they find out stuff. Some people, they just kind of revert back to childhood and that's where it stops. Some people have this connection to something, you know, further back. So, um, I'm a little nervous to do it, but I want to do it. Well, that's the thing. I like I always said, I'm I'm nervous to do it. I even talked to my friend who does it, and I was like, look, I, I'm really kind of nervous about it. Because it's like if you found out something terrible about your past life, if 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 it's real, right? Um yeah, I hope I don't find out I was a vegetarian. <laughs> that's a good one. But like there, like if you found out something horrible, say not vegetarianism, but say like you were part of some terrible regime, you know, or some cult or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like you come back out and you know, all this information now, like, does it would, to me, that's the weird thing. Like how it, it could be true. It could be just some kind of connection to cosmic memory. You know, how do you so, process that? Yeah. Like, how do you, it's interesting, scary. I'm willing to try it. But I'm also mm-hmm. one of those people I don't know if I can be put under because I'm also such a control freak on certain things. So, like, it, it does take a little bit for me to jump right into it. But, I mean, you know, here's Holter who's, you know, around these people and, you know, believes he was present at, you know, something. Now, the interesting thing is there's, like, the... um past life regression the cathars mm-hmm. it's a it was a sect of christianity that was basically eventually killed off by the pope 
in the 60s, a whole bunch of people came forward, not not in a study about past life regression or anything like that. They were getting therapy. And people throughout Europe and North America and stuff like that started telling this story about being in this village to the point of like describing the robes they were wearing, the clothing they were wearing, how the village was set up, what happened to them up until the point of their deaths. And then other people saying, well, we buried people, you know, three of them in a row right here in this field. And this is how you'll find, you know, this is what it looks like in that time frame. So when they started doing archaeological research on this Cathar area, they didn't know what color the robes were. Like the archaeologists had no clue. They just knew there was a group of people that were here that were excommunicated. Um, and basically there was a writ that they were heretics. So the you know Pope basically had them silenced. Well, the people kept saying, oh, we were wearing purple robes with this color trim. Well, when they found when they started doing this, they found purple robes or the, the remnants of purple robes. They also found mm. people buried three in a row under a certain, like at a certain point in this field, which yeah. also had told them in one of these past life regressions, there was like, I think like 60 some people came forward with information in these past life. Holy regressions. Crap. What's that? I said, holy crap, that's crazy. I actually kind of really want to do it now. Yeah, I, I saw it years Mine, ago. Mine will end up being something really freaking boring. I guarantee it. I was a graphic artist back in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, was still who, I was the guy who drew the pictures in the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, like there, there is Rick stuff has, like, a, has a good point there. We, we find out that one of us would be Jack the Ripper. That would be that. That would actually be kind of something that I would be afraid of to find out that I, you know, well, that's always might have been. Yeah, that's, that's the gamble. Yeah, that's one of the things I always said. Like, um, you find out you're part of a horrible regime, who right, 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 you know, killed people in you know, crimes against humanity ways. And then you find Ooh. out like, oh, I was part of that system or you were a murderer or, you know, something like that. So. <laughs> oh, at least all I'm going to say is your mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, Chad was a vegan chef. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm probably uh, what was the the Swedish chef? Yeah, that would be me. Well, hey, we got five minutes left, so I'm gonna hop back on to the uh, the topic. Um, but it's still with the past life regression. It's it's gonna be interesting, and I'm looking forward to that, and not looking forward to it at the same time. So for some years, Holzer led tours of Britain, and these resulted in the in his book, The Great British Ghost Hunt. Three times he received grants from Eileen Garrett's Parapsychology Foundation to carry out his own work. And once he once said, there are thousands of houses, if not hundreds of thousands, 
all over the world were uh, stay behinds or residual hauntings as we're, we're thinking is what he means and ghosts and memories that won't fade keep sharing the apartments with flesh and flesh and blood occupants yeah so just kind of quickly he was a uh, keen photographer through his research and he mm -hmm. claimed to have had 50 photos of spirits and in 1964 he obtained an image of what appeared to be ghostly monks walking inside the um, Winchester Cathedral. And basically the story was him and his wife were alone in the church at the time. And he, you know, he was told on occasions uh, when he saw an apparition in good lighting, or that wasn't the same story. Sorry, I'm combining two of his stories. Um, you know, the photo of the monks, you know, was basically they were alone in the church and they just happened to see him, click some photos. And one of the photos actually shows what could be you know three monks walking but of course again there's also no history of a monastery ever being in or monks being in that cathedral or something like that there was some weird you know turn on it you know not again i don't want to keep stopping what we're doing here but it it kind of i love holzer like i like all, all the stuff that i read in his books and stuff like that but the more you look into it there's so many like loose ends. So many convictions that things he can't prove. Like his and, and you know, questions. His, his his research methodology, yeah, the psychic thing, but the psychic thing is also kind of like, is that a kind of correlation type thing where I I I saw a male like the time we were at the the Haldeman. Yeah. We saw something. Now, if we had a psychic with us and they said, without them knowing what we saw, you know, I see um, there's a little boy in this room. Um, he's staying over in this corner. He's doing this. And, okay, describe him to us. And that person would say, describe what we saw. Then it's like, okay, you know, that's kind shit. of correlates over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, of course, yeah. you know, that's always the thing. But, like, I did enjoy reading a lot of his casework. Um, yes, yes. You know, like the, you know, one of the things that we experienced was that growl. And yeah. one of the, uh, one of his investigations, they had a similar sound. I did not find out about it until two years ago when I was reading one of his books. Yeah. I just have, and I sent you the message, like, right away, like, holy shit dude yeah. he's describing the same sound we heard and even the same thought process of like oh it's a cat it's some kind of you know yep bigger Big cat cat it sounded like a mountain lion yeah and yeah. went through the same process and couldn't find any tracks couldn't find it there's you know it's not something there was no tracks around the house and it was snowing you know Right. So, and ironically, I I captured that same exact sound with a different paranormal group when I was with Prey. Mm -hmm. um, well, you were with part of Prey too, but you yeah, were at that investigation at the Elks Lodge in Tamaqua. Yeah, we recorded the same exact sound, and the only thing all of us could come up with is it sounded like a, a mountain lion's growl, like that wow kind of thing, and bizarre, bizarre. Yeah. So, I mean, that's you know, kind of some of the stuff is really good now. At one point, he had told a story that an apparition, um, he saw an apparition of his dead mother. Mm -hmm. And almost as soon as he realized what he was seeing, she had disappeared. 
but he was sure it wasn't a dream because you know his statement was dreams can't cast shadows and my mom did just that you know so he did have some you know personal stories even of seeing things and you know family members and stuff like that you know, and he, you know, being adventurers and, you know, historical research, haunted houses, he had no equal on that. I mean, you have a guy who has a, you know, studied archaeology, ancient history, comparative religion, you know, plus traveled. I mean, God, he wrote. Oh, yeah. He was called throughout all throughout the United States and the world. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that he so wrote he 120, 120 to 140 books, whether just like on the paranormal, say 120 books. And most of them, like we said, are case file books. They're not, you know, self-indulgent biographic stories. So, yeah. Well, for anybody interested, um, Dr. Holzer's fame in the paranormal world and, and the many cases he covers, the Travel Channel created a show named The Holzer Files. I mean, I don't know if anybody has seen this. I know we talked about it. I, I love that show. Um, and this actually comes from the Cha Travel Channel's website about the show. It's uh, Paranormal Investigator uh, Dave Schrader. And you probably, people probably recognize him. He was in, in some episodes of uh, Ghost Adventures and stuff like that. He's a bald guy, uh, mustache and goatee. Pretty cool guy, glasses. Um, he and psychic medium Cindy Kazaa, she's been in a lot of the different uh, paranormal programs and stuff. And their equipment expert Shane Pittman and researcher Gabe Roth investigate terrifyingly true hauntings from the recently discovered case files of America's first ghost hunter, Dr. Hans Holzer. Recognized as the father of the paranormal, Holzer's four-decade-long exploration into disturbing hauntings like the Amityville Horror House spawned legions of supernatural enthusiasts, more than 120 books, and even inspired Dan Aykroyd to write Ghostbusters. For the first time ever, Holzer's daughter, Alexandra Holzer, reopens her father's most captivating case files, along with thousands of his document letters, photographs, and hours of chilling audio and visual recordings from as early as the 1950s. Equipped with this treasure trove of paranormal knowledge and state-of-the-art technology, the team compares their findings with Holzer's to see if their modern research sheds new light on this half-century-old investigation. Now, one, and that, that, line right there is one of the reasons why i really enjoyed that show whether i mean you take all those shows with a grain of salt mm -hmm. but what i really liked about it is um they read a lot of the case files they played back the audio in the show and he he utilized the psychics and if you watch the show and you listen to some of the recordings he he would ask questions Mm -hmm. Again, it's almost like baited questions, you know what I mean? But he would ask questions and the psychics would be, you know, the spirits would be talking through the psychic and I can't find my body and all this crap, you know what I mean? It sounds terrifying when you listen, especially because it's the old, old format, old uh, tapes and recordings and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just got that kind of like distorted audio effect to it it's just really cool so then this mm. team goes out to these locations they get in contact with the people or or you know i mean obviously the descendants of in most cases and they go to those locations they learn about what might be happening now they do an investigation and they compare what they caught to halter's files and it's 
it's enjoyable. I, I I really liked it. And one in particular was in, I want to say it was upstate New York, where there was these um, megaliths, I guess, kind of like these stone structures and um, almost like a, like a Stonehenge kind of deal, but here, and from what they could tell by the markings and stuff like that, it predates Christopher Columbus. It almost predates um, Native Americans. And it it's very reminiscent to, um, I guess, Viking kind of, Viking-esque mm. um, petroglyphs in a way. But they don't know where these structures came from. And a lot of them are, are um, aligned like in Stonehenge, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they think it's celestial in some way, but it's, that was probably my favorite episode. Hmm. Yeah. And you know, his daughter, you know, she's continued his research into the unknown. She's also a published author and paranormal investigator along with her husband. They have mm -hmm. a group uh, based out of New York called the global investigation organization. And it's the hunts with Holzer. Um, and you know, I you speak into that personally yeah for us that'd be fun yeah and then you know you talked to like dan Aykroyd. dan Aykroyd was a huge hans holzer you know book buyer reader and like you said it, you know it's part of the reason why he wrote ghostbusters mm -hmm. you know and you know he even said he became obsessed by holzer and the uh greatest ghost hunter ever you know basically which is what led to the writing of the movie and you know he himself is a spiritualist and you know his family uh his great-grandfather was a dentist who's a mystic who corresponded with sir arthur Conan doyle on the subject of spiritualism and was uh he was also a member of the lily dale society which was a spiritualist group um you know Aykroyd has basically been one of the few mainstream actor actresses who actively is you know part of the community with his you know paranormal and ufo ufology um he's you know a member of mufon and you know he, what was the show the psi factor or whatever you mm -hmm. know so i mean he's he's basically you know been very big into it. and i know i think his dad wrote a book um back in like 2009 about the uh history of ghosts and kind of it was a history of how their family was involved in the spiritualist movement and ghost and ghost hunting and all that and you know he's been on larry king coast to coast um he's done a lot for the community you know of course anybody who's willing to put themselves out there like that is going to always get the you know, the Razzie awards from the, you know, skeptics groups and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, here's a guy who's, you know, he, he doesn't need to be putting himself out there and yet is very interested in the subject matter and comes oh, out yeah, there yeah. and is willing to host a TV show. I mean, William Shatner does it, but I mean, kind of, you just kind of feel like it's a money thing for him. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, but you can't help but love the guy and his shows. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he gets so yeah, and I mean, animated. What he talks about, yeah, ghosts and the paranormal. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, so it, it's definitely you know pretty cool to see like somebody, you know, somebody that shares like an interest like us who just happens to be, 
you know, quote unquote famous, you know, because right. he's a movie right. star, com- you know, comedian, actor, all that. So, well, that concludes our show. We're at 938. Yeah, we run a couple minutes over every week. Yeah, <laughs> get a little bit further, further. So I'm seeing that there are eight people viewing live, seven people viewing live. Somebody dropped off. So before all you seven jump, jump off, please like subscribe share the crap out of this show we really want to try and get our numbers up on our and, and get the algorithm uh viewing us and 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 getting a, us out there to in front of more people so we want to build up the show and i'd like to start getting more guests on like we've had tom seawood from the bigfoot field uh we had lyle blackburn jeff wamsley from the point pleasant um mothman museum we've had ken gerhardt linda godfrey god rest her soul um so we we're, we want to start getting some more um live guests on the show but we need to get our numbers up in order to convince these people so the more you people share the more you people get us out there the more we could do to get better guests on the show and and keep the content coming um, I, w- I would love to be able to get to the point where our numbers are high enough to get Dan Aykroyd on this show. So we need you guys to help us out uh, as much as you can. Um, again, tonight's topic was on Hans Holzer, uh, America's first ghost hunter, the grandfather of the paranormal or the father of the paranormal. Um, we truly hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Chad, thank you as always, my friend. I couldn't do this without you. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, literally, I could because you normally write most of everything. <laughs> yeah. It'd be hard to do it without the researcher. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. But uh, but thank you, as always, yeah. though. So uh, not next week. The week after, we're back. Um, don't know what we're going to do topic-wise yet. We'll talk about that. We'll let you know. Uh, but yep. thank you, everybody, for you know watching. Like Les said, if you could please share, like, subscribe, all that nice you know stuff and uh mm-hmm. you guys all have a great week and nice weekend and hopefully the weather is good where you are yes that is true here i'm actually i have really quick before we go off i do have a list for anybody left thank you everybody for uh giving saying a good show we appreciate that um here's a list for those people that are still hanging in um, we have Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, which was mentioned in this show tonight, the Carbondale UFO, Houdini and the SACD collection, uh, Hans Kemmler. We did Hans Holzer, Alien Tech and its supposed connect supposed supposed connection to Nazi Germany, which we kind of brought up in this show tonight. Um, ancient Nevada Giants and the Lovelock Cave, uh, compared to the Catalina Island Native Americans. Um the Jotlov double take how two people named Jotlov were tied to a major event in Russia. Um, and there's a local topic that uh, I think, did we talk about that before? I can't remember, but if not, we, we could, there's always more to add to Matthias Schombacher and the uh, haunted tavern at Hawk mountain the, for anybody in the Schuylkill County, Berks County area will be all too familiar with Matthias Schombacher. So any of those topics that would pique anybody's interest, let us know. Get in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, or you could uh, get in touch with us at our website. So, again, everybody, thank you so much, Chad. Thank you. 
Good night, everyone. Good night.